Welcome into the Snapped Podcast. My name is Tyler Kluber, and I'm a former Division I athlete turned entrepreneur. I run my own fitness and nutrition coaching business, as well as a sports media brand that produces podcasts, sells merchandise, and creates exclusive paid content. The fun part is I don't really know what I'm doing as a business owner. I'm just figuring it out day by day. This show, Snapped, acts as an audio journal for my thoughts and ideas on fitness, health, business, mindset, and whatever else I find important on the pursuit to personal happiness and a balanced life. I hope you can take something from the show that makes your life a little bit better. And regardless, I'm just happy you're here. Let's have a day. Let's go. Welcome into the Snap Podcast, another episode in the series of how to execute, excuse me, how to execute on your best health and fitness in 2024. Good response, reaction, whatever you want to call it, uh, reception from the public on the first two episodes here. Knew that the the way that I was dropping these as far as the, the order of uh, nutrition, supplements, sleep, and then exercise, sort of building to that exercise episode, it'll most likely be the most listened to. But we had a bump in that first week probably comes from me just promoting it a little bit more on social media, but I am hopeful and grateful that more people are coming in to listen to the series. I really think that if you only listen to these four episodes across the the rest of the year from anything that I put out, they are extremely beneficial and hopefully succinct in a way that sort of brings everything together and allows the the average person Again, this is just the best general advice I can give um, and best general information uh, to help you guys in these these four areas and really uh, the three main areas of health and fitness. So I'm happy you're here. Today, we're going to go over sleep. I'm hoping that it's going to be a generally the same length episode. I don't want it to go super long. It is one of the more prepped episodes that I've put together. Um, I hope it comes across well and all that good stuff before we get started into the sleep stuff uh down on the screen there if you're watching the youtube or if you're listening tkg training tyler kluver garage training is my daily program it's 30 minutes a day in your garage or your basement or your living room all you need is two dumbbells and some effort you get a warm-up a workout um, some strength focus some like legitimate like athlete development because everybody out there is an athlete. doesn't matter if you're 60 uh, or you're 20 or you like sports or you don't. We are all training for the for the goal of life. And that's what TKG training is based, based upon. Um, you get some really, really good stuff over there for $18 a month. Less than a dollar a day, you can get pretty great progressive workouts uh, built by, I'm not going to say an expert, but someone who's really, really put in a lot of time with this fitness stuff and uh, the results speak for themselves. We have a ton of people on this program uh, putting together great workouts and getting great results every single day. So go to tylerkluver.com for the TKG training stuff. I'll mention it again at the end, um, but let's get into the episode. How do we execute on our sleep in 2024? Let's start off with this. Everybody knows that you need to eat well, We went over the nutrition stuff. Everybody knows that we need to exercise. If we're going to maximize our health, those two things are the, or the, are the forefront. 
right? I would argue that sleep, and let's consider it this way for this episode and hopefully moving forward, is the third and equal leg to that health and fitness. And I'll try to get that across to you here as we as we go along. Um, if you eat great and if you train great and you do both of those things consistently, you're going to see results. You'll be healthier than the average person, but you are going to be limited if your sleep is not in check. Sleep is, especially in regards to exercise, where we do the growing, the progressing. You don't get stronger when you're working out. You get stronger in the, in the recovery from the damage done during that workout or the stimulus that was applied. That happens when you're just sitting at your desk at work or chilling on the couch at home when you're still awake, but it, it mostly happens when we're sleeping. That is when the, rec- the recovery and repair pro- processes happen in our body. Sleep is biologically and ancestrally important in a way that it serves no purpose superficially other than we know that we, we feel tired and the sleep is what brings us out of that. But evolutionarily, is that a word? Uh, assuming you believe in evolution, although you could probably find the same importance through the the religious side of things. Um, We evolved to the species that we are today and sleep never left that equation. It has stayed as part of our lives, a large part of our lives, over thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of years. It's necessary. If it wasn't, we would have evolved it it would have evolved out of our our daily life. It serves no purpose, especially back when we weren't as modern as we were today uh, and we were just tribes in the jungles in huts. Sleep was a time where you would be prone to attacks by predators or enemy tribes. Not good. It's a time where you're not hunting and you're not gathering food and supplies and materials. And it's a time where you're unconscious. You're not actually having any human interaction at all within your circle, your tribe, your your group of people. It serves no purpose other than we have to do it because it's how we maintain the other two-thirds of the day of being awake. And uh, and that really is a, a great uh, spot to be. If you can make a third of your day sleeping, which is eight hours, that's, that's a good baseline. And we always hear that. Other things that we hear is I'll sleep when I'm dead or I'll I'll just take naps during the day. Or the fun one is uh, I'm, I'm kind of built different. I, I'm, I run pretty good on five or six hours. Wrong, wrong, and wrong. You might think so. You might have tricked yourself. Your body might be surviving within those parameters that you've set for yourself in the sleep, but I'll sleep when I'm dead. Well, if that's your goal, you'll get to dead a lot faster, assuming that you, you know, you're sleeping much less than the average person. We'll talk about that here in a second. Taking naps is great. It can help when we have to wake up early or we get out of a routine or we're just a little bit extra tired, but it's not something that we can rely on. Most of us have jobs, families, routines. You're not normally going to find someone who just has a nap scheduled in their day 
And there's also some other factors that you're just not getting the same stuff from a 20, 30, even an hour long nap as you are when you're going through an entire sleep cycle. And the population that thinks that they're just, they just run good on low sleep. The reality is, is you've adapted to run okay, to be productive enough, to survive enough on low sleep. The reality is, is that there's about 1% of the population, uh, and scientists have this pretty pegged down, they figured it out, that doesn't experience the kind of sleep deprivation that others do. So one out of every 100 people, and I guess you could be that person, but you're probably not, could be one of those people who's like, yeah, I'm good on four or five hours a night. Assume you aren't. And that doesn't mean that you couldn't be better or that those people couldn't be better on more sleep either. It just means that they're not as affected on a cellular level as the other 99 people out of 100. So, and again, you might feel like you're doing fine where you're at right now, right? You might feel like your sleep is okay. It's enough. But we all have those days where you get an extra hour or it's the weekend or For some reason, you were just extra tired and you slept in a little bit longer and you wake up feeling refreshed. You wake up not to an alarm clock. You wake up because you're actually fully recovered and rested, ready for the day. And you just feel, you wake up and you're like, oh my God, this feels incredible. Every single one of us has had that moment. So why wouldn't we want to chase that moment more? Why don't we try and strive for that every single day? I get pretty close. Uh, I'm in bed for about 10 hours a night, maybe nine and a half hours on the very low ends. I'm in bed for nine hours, usually getting eight hours of true sleep, sometimes more. And it feels awesome. It feels great to wake up and not have to be that person who's just dragging and not ready for the day. The mood and the energy is already off to a bad start. It's an, it, it changes your life when you can wake up and have a different perspective, a positive perspective on the day because of your sleep. So, um, again, and then I wrote down, you know, you don't know what you're missing out on because your body is so good at adapting and surviving. Well, we don't want to adapt and survive. We want to thrive, right? So how do we do that? First, I want to explain how it links to the other two things because I made the claim that I think it's a th- equal and third part to the equation. How does it link to exercise? How does it link to nutrition? Um, Exercise specifically, it has a two-way relationship that is a win-win. This is a snowball effect. The more you sleep, the better your exercise is. The more you exercise, the better your sleep is. And you can start to build that exponentially. How, How does that work? When we sleep, the resources that our bodies use are all focused on repair and recovery those processes that happen in your body during the nighttime energy that during the day is spent on moving our body around maintaining posture mental acuity thinking making decisions exercising digestion every single little thing that we do when we're awake doesn't need energy when we're sleeping we're not doing any of those things so everything that's in your body every resource nutrient that you have is going to the repairing of muscle, bone, and other tissues, as well as at a cellular level. And not only repairing them, but building them up stronger if they were presented with the correct stimuli 
through training, exercise, etc. The repairs are also happening on a cellular level, which I mentioned, uh, where the cells clean out waste and regenerate newer, better functioning cells, younger cells, a process that helps prevent against disease and cancers. Hmm. This is the process that's relevant in the conversation of where chronic underslept people develop insulin resistance, greater chance of disease, and cancer, Alzheimer's and dementia included. This is super important, right? So that's all you need to know about why getting enough sleep is important right there. Your insulin resistance is going to go up as well as your chance at dementia, Alzheimer's, obesity, all these things. Sleep plays an important role in those factors. Um, a lack of sleep will also result in elevated cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone. And we don't, again, that's part of that waking up refreshed. When that cortisol level is, is leveled out where it needs to be, the stress isn't part of that morning, right? You wake up stressed and tired, groggy, don't want to get out of bed. All these things compound on each other. So, you know, yada, yada, this is all great. Tell me how much I should get. What do I need to avoid all of these negative things and, and to maximize my health? Well, we all hear that eight hours should be the target. And I think that's a great place. Again, I try and get minimum eight. It's more if you're younger. If you're still growing, um, obviously babies, they sleep like 18 hours a day when they come out of the womb. It gets gradually, gradually less and less as we age. But even toddlers, elementary school age kids, um, middle schoolers, high schoolers, they all need somewhere in the range of 10 plus, 10 to 12. If you're growing in the middle of puberty, young adults, arguably upwards of, of nine. Once you're fully grown and through the, the growth process, it settles somewhere between that seven and nine range. And that's just minimum. That's for like to avoid health detriment. The more we can get, the better. So on the other side of things, as we mentioned a few minutes ago, exercise has positive effects on how easy it is for you to fall asleep and how much quality you get during that sleep as well. It had, so we recover from our workouts during sleep. Great. But the exercise actually helps us get better sleep in return. How does that work? There's a little bit of science here, but some of you may have heard of ATP. ATP is basically the energy units of the body. It's what our body uses to create the energy within our cells, within our muscles. ATP stands for adenosine triphosphate, just a molecular makeup of those molecules. And the adenosine component of that, the first part, the adenosine, is what actually puts pressure on our body to feel tired and sleepy. It is known as sleep pressure. So during the process of using that ATP, when our body is just burning energy, the adenosine becomes a byproduct of that cellular metabolism. The phosphates get used up. The byproduct is just adenosine molecules. And when that builds up over time, while you're awake, your sleep pressure builds. And so and this isn't a shocking development. It's when you put it into layman's terms, 
But to put it simply, the more energy that you're using throughout the day, the, t- the more tired you are at night. It's a very simple concept, but that is how it works on a scientific level. And therefore, the more activity you choose to do, the more exercise that you regularly participate in, the better you will have, uh, the better chance you'll have at night of your body wanting sleep, craving that sleep, falling asleep quickly, and then maintaining good quality sleep once you're there. So we know the importance of sleep and how it functions with exercise, both uh, going both ways. How does it work with nutrition? Um, And I won't go as deep here, but you can assume that if you want your car, let's use the car analogy again. If you want your car to run its best, you got to give it the best fuel, right? And in our bodies, part of that running process, we're always running unless we die. At night, that's when, well, let's just say in this analogy, the car goes to the mechanic, goes into the shop, gets repairs done, make sure that the tires are rotated, there's air in them, check the oil. All those things happen at night. And we also want to be putting great fuel in the car because in this analogy, the fuel helps all those processes happen. So we can assume that when we go to sleep at night and we have the right food in our body, we're maximizing our potential for that recovery and repair process. And that leads us to feeling better in the morning, more refreshed, more ready to go. You don't want to overhydrate, right? We talked about nutrition last week, uh, maybe half your body weight in ounces of water per day. Try to get that throughout the day overhydrating closer to night time bedtime is going to lead to the possibility of more frequent waking to then go to the bathroom and obviously we don't want to interrupt the sleep cycles as much as possible also be mindful how much we eat or what we eat closer to bedtime because digestive stress is another reason why people have trouble falling asleep carbs at dinner have been proven or at least you know somewhere between 60 and 101 to 2 hours before bedtime uh, there have been several studies that show that you know some good simple carbs before dinner do help a lot of people fall asleep pretty fast and deep as long as there's no digestive uh, hang up there as far as supplementing on sleep we talked about that last week go back to the second part of this series uh, how to execute on supplements in 2024 we talked about which ones are best for sleep there. Again, I'm not super deep on the science here. I know enough to give you a recommendation, but not really to explain that recommendation in great detail. I would search Huberman sleep protocol or Peter Atia sleep protocol. There's a couple supplements out there. Melatonin not being one of them. I I think that's overused. It's the easy over the counter. Like, Hey, I'll just take this and I'll sleep. There's problems with that. We develop uh, a dependency on melatonin. And more than that, the melatonin supplements that are out on the shelves these days could have anywhere from a hundred times less to a hundred times more, uh, even greater than those numbers of the actual melatonin supplement in there. So just not reliable. Um, some of those supplements that do help off the top of the head are magnesium three and eight theanine and azotol, et cetera. Um, but go and listen to those experts on those. It's easier. Obviously, it's best if you just find a way in a routine to sleep without having to rely on an external substance. That's ideal. 
what else can we do to help us get that sleep that we need? We've established its importance, its role in functioning uh, in the relationships between sleep and exercise, sleep and nutrition. How do we get more other than taking supplements and you know, minding what we eat and drink before bed? Uh, I dialed it down to three. They're very simple. We'll go over them. Podcast over. Sweet. Timing, temp, and tint. Tint is a sorry excuse for a T word on lighting. Timing. Pretty simple. Go to bed and wake up if you can, but more importantly, go to bed at the same time every single night. Your body works on something called a circadian rhythm. And that is essentially this internal biological clock that we have that knows what the day night cycles and sort of uh, releases different hormones and levels of things in your body that tells your body, hey, it's time to go to bed. Hey, it's time to be awake. Those things that it releases and controls uh, affect your energy levels, right? So when you're going to bed at different times, you're jumbling around this circadian rhythm clock, this internal clock that you have. And like anything, without consistency or routine, your body can't adapt to understand a schedule. So we need that. Try and go to bed at the same time every night. And for me, I think, uh, oh, the other important part about this is it messing that up is something as simple as what a lot of people do. And it could be, hey, I go to bed at nine or 10 every, every weeknight, but then on Fridays and Saturdays, the weekend rolls around and I'm out till midnight or 1 a.m. What you're doing is you're jet lagging your body. That is essentially like jumping on a flight every single weekend, which you might already be doing for work. Who knows? You're jet lagging your body into, oh, every five days, there's a two-day span where I shift my clock, my waking uh, hours and sleep hours back three to four hours. That affects your sleep once you get back around to the weekdays, the Monday through the Sunday through Thursday nights and affects that in a way where it's much harder to keep that rhythm and and your body to to settle into that. So don't do that. 10 o'clock is a great spot. I've seen a few studies and experts come out and say that like after 10, it really starts to affect that circadian clock. So if we can set 10 as the, the latest consistent bedtime, that's a great spot. Obviously before that, even better. Temperature. So we got our timing down. Temperature. When we sleep, our bodies drop anywhere from zero to closer to a whole two degrees less than when we're walking around in, in awake. That's pretty significant. Uh, the reason being is we're just, you know, there's less heat. It's like when you're at a holiday and you're down in a, a basement of an old home and there's 38 relatives down there, a bunch of people moving around, a bunch of people, uh, you know, breathing and in a confined space, it starts to get hot. The room starts to heat up because of the body heat. Everybody's moving around and talking and great kids are running around. When you're still at night for eight hours, there's just not as much general heat production. So your body's going to drop its temp. Your body gets used, used to that dropped temp, that lower temperature. It wants to get to that temperature before you're really getting that quality sleep, that deep sleep. So if your room is too hot or you're sleeping in heavy clothes or a really heavy blanket or something that makes you too warm at night, that is going to 
slow down or hold back on your body naturally getting to where it wants to be during that sleep. So make the room cold. 68 or 69 degrees, supposedly by scientists, is uh, the general sweet spot for that. And then finally, tint or more specifically light exposure. This one's pretty simple. Everyone's heard, put the screens away, put the phone away. The earlier, the better to have your eyes and your body come down off of that. Um, this connects back to the circadian rhythm clock. Our, our eyes have sensors in them, which connect to the brain. Actually, our eyes are, I guess, technically an extension of your brain. Um, and their sensors are telling you to respond to light. If it's light out, if your eyes are seeing light, it's daytime. We should be awake and alert. If it's nighttime, it signals you to downregulate. It's time for sleep. It's time to feel tired. You got your iPhone on 100% brightness in your eyes as you sit there at 10.30 p.m. It's probably not going to be beneficial towards your sleep. Put the screens down and try to black out your room. I noticed that with my own child. The darker the room, the harder she sleeps. And uh, I think you'd find the same with you. So pretty simple, right? We've established that it's important. We need it. Eight hours is the number. A few simple tips, supplements if you need them. Sleep is important. You need to get it. If you don't, you start to run into things, especially as we age, where other factors are going against us as well, where you're contributing to a higher risk of insulin resistance, which will lead to diabetes or obesity, a higher chance of uh and this is for the reason that there isn't enough cellular uh, regeneration and cleaning at night. And brain-wise, your your brain chemistry literally starts to, um, I won't say deteriorate, but work towards a more diseased state where Alzheimer's and dementia start to present specifically in people who are sleep-deprived. It's important. Get your sleep together. It's going to help you recover from your workouts. It's going to help put you in a better mood. The, the mood and, and general position that you're going to be in in life if you're rested and recovered every day is a place where you can make better decisions in your diet. Everything is circular here. Better sleep and nutrition help with your exercise. Better exercise and sleep help you with your nutrition. They all help each other. So hopefully you learned something from this episode. Maybe it's all things you knew, but it was a reminder. Sometimes it just takes hearing it again for it to click. Get your sleep right. Get your nutrition right. We have one more episode in this series for this year. Head to TKG training at tylerkluver.com. Sign up now. Become part of the TKG squad. And if you ever need any further stuff, you're interested in one-on-one coaching, uh, some more personalized, customized plans, both exercise and nutrition, you can hit me up through tylerkluber.com as well on the contact me page uh, for for one-on-one coaching. Thank you guys. As always, appreciate you guys being here. We'll be back next week for probably the most anticipated and and, uh, popular episode of this four-part series, how to execute on your exercise routine in 2024. Excited to do that. We'll talk then. Peace.